What's up, guys? You're tuned to the Inside Scoop with Taquan Marshall and Brandon Carter. We have a special guest today, Haley Clark, University of Georgia. Um, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for coming out. No um, so, I personally don't know much about you. Shout out to Mackenzie Ingram for um, letting me know that you will be able to come out and do this today. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely appreciate it. But Something I want to touch on today was um, the gender pay gap between pro women's sports and pro men's sports. Um, And I I know that you are now working in the business realm of Mm -hmm. things. And that transition from being a student athlete to where you're at now, um, how did you kind of go about that? I know earlier we were discussing that you know you don't miss it as much as the next the next person does why why is that yeah i would say one because ultimately you can't you know you can't play forever forever like for me like growing up my dream was always to go play overseas it was like yeah like when you're little you know the WNBA don't make no money like you know that when you're little so it's like yeah you know all the money overseas i want to go play overseas and be a pro so came to college got through college you know y'all y'all play Sports, you know, it's a it's, yeah. a it's a roller coaster. It's up and down. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. I dabbled um, in a little sports in college too. Yeah, here yeah. and there. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's a good journey, but it's up and down. So like by the time like my junior year hit, I was like, all right, the game is my life. I still love the game. Like I got passion for the game, but like at the same time, like I want something different for my life. Like I can't play forever. I know I can't play forever, and I'm trying to make some money. You feel me? Right. So basically, going into my junior year, I made that decision and I kind of had to start focusing like, okay, well, outside of basketball, my career, um, graduated early, started my master's and then started like looking into my career. So then um, ultimately my last year, I did really good academically, got a lot of academic accolades, um, SEC Scholar of the Year, Author Ash, National Award Winner of the Year. So like the block was hot, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So like my resume were going out, all these things on my resume, people contacting people for me, and then opportunities started to come. So it was the decision of, well, do you want to go play professionally and ultimately have like that? three, four, five-year career, make a little bit of money overseas, or start your career while your name is hot right? and get going. Because ultimately, you got to come back and start eventually. And then you behind the curve. So it was a hard decision to make, but that's how I kind of got into it. So that's why I told you I miss it sometimes, but, like, I don't regret my decision altogether. Yeah, but, like, so that I see that as a trend for – female athletes that play basketball, mm-hmm. you know, their their goals and ambitions are geared towards overseas as opposed to the WNBA. Now, why I'm not very familiar with why the business overseas-wise is so much more predominantly over the WNBA. Why is it like that? Yeah, that's a good question. This, you might have to fact check me, but um, unless you're like Maya Moore, Candace Parker, uh, Skylar Diggins getting paid, Brittany Griner getting paid off of endorsements, right. the average WNBA player makes a teacher salary. Yeah, a teacher salary. And how many games do they play uh, a season? I don't know. You might have to look that up and throw that in there. But, I mean, it is eight months, so you're making a teacher salary in eight months, but, like, still, it's a teacher's salary, like, I got some homegirls who who were in the league. Some of them got cut now, but, like, 
they looking for side gigs, side hustles. Like right. you a you a whole pro. Ain't no NBA players out here looking for side hustles unless it's for shits and giggle. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Y'all can block that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> unless it's just for fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, but overseas, that's where that's where the money is. I'm not sure why that is. Um, but places like Russia, Turkey, um, y'all know Russia paid Diana Taurasi one year, like triple quadruple what she was making in the WNBA not to play so that she could be fresh for their season so she sat out a whole year um but I don't know that's where the money is they like women's basketball over there that's I'm not quite sure what it is but that's where the money is at for sure so you touched on this a little bit you said your junior year that's when you really kind of honed in on what you wanted to do like you kind of knew you weren't going to go the professional route like you were still thinking about it but then you really honed in on like your academics and you know things of that sort. So mm-hmm. let's talk about freshman and sophomore year. Like, what was the academics like? Were you like really still focused on academics, or was it like I'm gonna go pro? So like academics is still there, but it's kind of on the back burner. Not saying you were making you yeah. know bad academic decisions, but like where was your mindset freshman and sophomore year compared to your junior year? So I'm sure y'all know this, like when you play at a big D1 school, like they say you're a student athlete, but in reality, you are an athlete student. You're an athlete first and a student, but they like that's to right. tell that's people. True. Like, that's true. That's what you tell people. But so like. Sounds fresh- better that way. right? Yeah, yeah. That's how they got to make it sound. But like my freshman and sophomore year, I was very good academically just because that's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. So like my academics were fine. Like I was on all my work. I still had really good grades, but once my mindset changed my junior year, it wasn't more so academics that elevated. It was more so personal and career development that I had to get into. Like, okay. how mm-hmm. do you do an interview? Like, what's on my resume? Like, um, what network am I building? Because, as you know, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. You know, like, the wow. career. Yeah. That's crazy. Like the <laughs> we cr- touched on that. <laughs> <laughs> like, the career development part. So, my academics were always to par. So, that was fine. It was just, like getting myself ready to be a professional outside of athletics. That's kind of where I had to, like, pick it up and be like, Yeah, okay. and it's and it's crazy because I was kind of the same way. Like, my freshman and sophomore year, like you said, I mean, yeah. you're really focused on that athletic part of things because you're still trying to develop a little bit. You're still working on your game, mm-hmm. things of that sort. So, of course, you're, you know, you're still paying attention to the, ac- to the academics, but at the same time, you're like – you know what I'm saying? Athletics is first yeah. for me. Like, I'm I'm really trying to grind out here. I'm trying to make it to the, you know what I'm saying, the next level. And you don't really focus on the professional side outside of your sport. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that kind of hit me, too, going into my junior year. And it's crazy how it's always, like, everyone's junior year when you so, realize yeah. that, like, okay, I only have one more year. I really need to start figuring, figuring things out. Yeah, and yeah. for me, it was my junior year as well when I really was like, wow. I only have one more year left. I really need to figure out exactly what I'm going to do that's not pertaining to football. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, for sure. And some people, they don't even, like, figure it out until they graduate. They yeah. They get graduated. And and that's the toughest part, too, because yeah. really when you graduate, it's kind of like, too late. <laughs> <laughs> not just late. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. Then you're really trying to catch up to everyone that's been doing this since – maybe sophomore year, yeah. even junior year. I mean, you're still not too far behind junior year, but you're far enough behind where you're really trying to run and catch up. Yeah, because you got to think about, like, the regular average student, like, 
they're not out here playing sports. Like they out here looking for jobs their sophomore right. year. They're doing they internships do their sophomore year. They're building their resume. They're doing all these this different stuff. So you already behind the curve a little bit. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's who we competing with in the corporate world and then outside of uh outside of athletics. So But like see, that's why that's why I think that fair play to pay fair play to fair pay to play bill um will be valuable to athletes all across the board like mm-hmm. we we've been seeing on the media a lot That's just the one talking in Cali. about yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is now um florida is talking about it now as well but um i think it can help across the board like the media is definitely focusing on football the most mm-hmm. um but i feel like with females and women's sports um that can help as well because we see now um what's those what's those two girls names they're very pretty. I think they played for Dylan Dakota that played for yes, uh, right. Kansas. Like you see, Instagram you see a transition of um, a lot of these female athletes. You know, using social media as you platform. know, kind of yeah, kind of their platform to pivot and um, create their brand that way. Like I, I they can care less about if they get drafted by the NBA, like mm-hmm. by the Atlanta Dream, because they can just go off. You know, use the thousands and millions of followers they have and, and make, make twice off, as much. Yeah, make twice <laughs> as much and do that. So yeah. um, with with their likeness in that aspect, um, you know, granted, if you're attractive to whoever, whomever, yeah. um, you could you could there's that's an avenue for women to make money taking that route as well. Yeah. But you don't you know, I haven't seen anything talking about that on the news, I guess, because not a lot of light is shed on, you know, the the pay gap that we're seeing right now. And I've always thought, you know, I've kind of been naive to the entire thing. Um, if you look if you look at a WNBA game and it's not your average Skylar Diggins or, you know, those tops those top stars. Candace Parker. Yeah, it the games are, you know, they, they look like this room we're sitting in. It's, yeah. it's hard to get fans out there because um it's they see it not as unless you're a family member. Yeah. Um they don't see it as exciting as um, men's basketball or things like in that sport. Yeah. So, and I think the WNBA, I think they're they're aware of it. I, I don't know if y'all know about this, but like a couple of years ago, I think it was like my, maybe two three years ago, they were discussing like um, lowering the rims so that females could dunk so that they could get more fans. Um, like I mean, bringing that be in, a bad idea. yeah, like bringing changing like the size of the core or like like uh, the lines, like three point lines. But I definitely remember lowering the rim was one that everybody was talking about. But then, like, that trickles down to college. So it's like, well, at the pro level, if they lower the rims at college, we got to lower the rims. And in high school, we got to lower the rims because you can't be playing in college at 10-foot rims. But then get, people get to the next level, you're playing at 8-foot rims. Um, but I think the pay gap is so prominent because we don't have the fan base. If you don't have the fan base, you don't have the money. Right. But you how, know what I'm saying? how do you game that? Like, it's, like you, you, can't, you can't persuade excitement it's just either exciting to someone or it's not yes, and so not. how do you it's it's hard to incentivize that we should be let me see how how I should say this it's it's hard to tell people that um the things that we're doing in mm-hmm. our realm yeah is the same that you see from LeBron and Westbrook you know cuz yeah. you know it's not yeah. Ultimately, it's, it's not. But there's there are a lot of exciting aspects of women's basketball that people don't shed a lot of light on. 
Yeah, I think it goes back to, like, I mean, if we being real, like, society and, like, sexism, whether or not it's there or not, like, you, you, it's, you have to acknowledge that, okay, well, a lot of people don't like watching women's basketball. Why? One, because they can't dunk, okay? Two, they're not as fast. But, like, if it's people who really know the game, like Kobe, right. you talk you talk to Kobe, you talk to LeBron, mm-hmm. CP3, these people are sitting on the sidelines at, at women's basketball games because they know we got the fundamentals. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, yeah, females, they do KD. They're like, females, they got the fundamentals down more than we do. You right. know what I'm saying? That's the exciting part of it. So it's just more so of, like, people having that perspective of, well, females aren't athletic, so it's not exciting to me. Well, do you like basketball or not? Because if you come in to see good basketball, you're going to come see good basketball. Yeah, because a lot of NBA players, um, their their athleticism can make up for the talent that mm-hmm. they lack. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just looking on the outside and not really focusing on exactly what's going on. Like, of course, when everyone looks at an NBA game, they're not really – you don't, I mean, you don't have to really know basketball. You just know – okay, there's some good players on the court. Yeah. I know there's going to be an alley-oop here. I know there's going to be a yeah. dunk here. I know somebody's going to be shooting from half court here. Yeah. Like, and nine times out of ten, you're not really going to see that in a WNBA, WNBA game. But at the same time, like you were like you were stating, and I've noticed it, and I don't even really play basketball, but, like, watching men's, like, fundamentally is completely different than it is if I've seen a WNBA game because, yeah. I mean, everything is just so technical. Like, even from, I mean – a reverse layup, just stuff like that. It's not as fancy because it's so fundamental. Yeah. Like when you come to a men's game, it's just right. You expect the fillet, yeah. I mean, all this kind of stuff. the jelly layup. Yeah. I mean, Hold stuff on, like- we got jelly layups now too. Don't do it like that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just not as like y'all are more fundamental because y'all aren't trying to be as flashy. Like I feel yeah. like everything in within the men's game is just trying to be so much more flashy, just because like they know they can do it because it's gonna bring in. More people, more, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, all in all, it, it is a business of entertainment. Yeah. yeah so that, that's that's going to come with compensation. The more entertaining you are, yep. The more the more viewers, the more fans, and ultimately more money. So. But that's what it is. I think it's on the W. Personally, I think it's on the WNBA to figure out how to make the game more exciting. Like, be creative. Like, right. You know what you're working with. We're working with fundamentals, and we're working with. Um, girls who aren't as athletic as men, but what can you bring to the table to get fans in that the de- that the NBA, you know, isn't doing? So, like, okay, well, you got the option to go to an NBA game in the fall, and you got the op- option to go to WNBA games in the summer. Like, why would I come see a WNBA game? Like, if I want to see athleticism and dunking, right. like, you, they got to give the fans something else to come to mm-hmm. come see. That's sad to say, but that is what it is if, if they want to close the pay gap. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something they could work on. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure they're probably working on some things now, but they're not really putting their foot on somebody's throat to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but I definitely think, like you said, that's something that they should probably look into more and like take more time and initiative to actually, you know, not just talk about it, but put it into action. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody can talk about, you know, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that to try to bring more of a fan base, but... If we're just talking about it, then we're just talking about it. Like, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But if they start trying to put it into action, actually showing people, you know, they're making an effort to try to change the game, I think that's how they're going to be able to draw more of a fan base in to maybe decrease that pay gap that's happening. Yeah, but also, like, what I mentioned earlier about, like, sexism, like, I mean, it's a harsh word to use, but I think it's sometimes it's even subtle. Like, subconsciously, people are sometimes sexist. It's like, well, you know, some people look down on females, so it's mm-hmm. like, 
well, you know, I'm not trying to go see no girls hoops. Like, what what I want to go see girls hoops for? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, it's difficult to change people's perspective and change people's minds as well. Because I know they reach out. They do things in the communities to get the community involved. Like, give, like, tickets to the games for, like, kids. They do, like, family nights, like, college nights. It's like they're doing some stuff. But, like, I, I mean, it's tough. Like you're saying, they got to do more. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about... Um lowering the rims that is actually a good idea being that you know females aren't um, as athletic yeah <laughs> can't, aren't, they aren't as athletic as men so if you if you were to lower those rims um they would definitely have to plan out you know those different stipulations from high school up to college to the WNBA but yeah. i mean the court size already changes so um making the changes i don't i personally don't think would be as hard and it could definitely have a big impact on um, the game overall. Yeah, the game overall. But another thing I find crazy is um, like female authority within all organizations, whether it's the WNBA or the NCAA, on the women's collegiate side or professionally. You don't see um, as many women head coaches, agents, all that kind of stuff. And I just find that weird Mm -hmm. for a predominantly female that side of the sport and so it's just I don't I don't get that yeah that's interesting like I didn't I never thought about it you just said it but I think it's like not the norm like I think even outside of athletics like it's not the norm just because one I think it goes all the way back to like history like women's rights like I feel like we're still we're, yeah, still we're still coming up, you know what I'm saying? We're still we're still coming up, and things are still being changed for it to be the norm. So, like, it, it's kind of weird at first, but, like, once people start breaking barriers, like, now, I don't know if you know, like, Olivia Tolliver or, like, Becky, uh, what's her name? Like, one of them coaches uh, with the with, – she plays for the Mystics, but coaches with uh, Washington on the NBA side. Sue? Nah, not Sue. Uh, Olivia Tolliver, I think, is her name. And then they got Becky, uh, what's her name, who's who's assistant coach for the Spurs. So I feel like once people start breaking those barriers and people see that, okay, this is, you know, like, this is okay. Like, it, it's, it's, it comes becomes to be the norm. Um, I just think it just hasn't been done just because of the follow-up of, like, women's rights and stuff and kind of just trickling over. But I think it's coming, honestly. I think it's coming. Yeah, as we, as we progress in years past and – you know, the older generations start to, you know, kind of fade out mm-hmm. and the newer ones kind of take their place. We're, we're definitely going to see, hopefully, we're going to see a lot more changes because that just, it just baffles me why you have a head coach that's a man, the staff, the staffings are men, but yeah. you're coaching a woman's basketball team. That's just kind of, that doesn't really make any sense. I don't know if it's, you know, like a wisdom of the game thing or, but like it would, it would make sense to have, you know, women across the board because you don't see, you know, much women on the coaching the right, men's side. Coaching the men's yeah. side, and you know, if if we were to say something about that, then you know, all these red flags of you know why y'all can't do it will be raised, which yeah. really doesn't make any sense. Because if we go back into history, and this is a statistic that you know women are proven to be smarter and more mature, more mature, quicker than quicker. men are, so. I don't know. It's it's just crazy. It just makes me think of uh, the coach for UConn. I mean, he has this winning streak, has all these national championships and things like that, and he's a male in a female sport. And it, like you said, I mean, it's just kind of weird to see that 
all these males that are on staffs and head coaches. Yeah. Or, it makes you think, why? Like, why? Like, why? Yeah, did like, that? why did you what decide? Did like, you know what I'm saying? Why did you decide that you wanted to coach? Yeah. I think it's because, like, y'all were saying, like, it's a position of authority. And whether it's inside basketball, outside of basketball, it's not often that you see women in positions of authority in general. Yeah. I think that's, like you said, as the generations progress, it'll be more of a normal thing because in the past it just wasn't normal. Yeah, hopefully that's a barrier that's going to be broken. But, I mean, you do have – is it Tennessee or Texas? She passed. Uh, Pat Summit. Yeah, Yeah, that was Tennessee. Tennessee. So, like, there's there's – you have she was it's a legend. Yeah, right. she was a legend. History yeah. shows that I was gonna say, know, women I used are to, capable. I used to love watching Tennessee just because she was the coach, and I mean, also Candace Parker went there. But yeah. I mean, they were literally a powerhouse when it came to basketball, yeah. like women's basketball. So I always enjoyed watching them myself. Yeah. If you look through the league now, though, you can tell it's definitely being coming a recruiting advantage. Like I know when my right. coach, he was male, he retired at UGA. Andy Landers, they brought in Joni uh, Taylor, who's a women's coach, and recruit wise, like. People like to send their kids with women who their kids can look up to. So right. it's like with women the role models. models. That's right. kind of like the wave now, like slowly mm-hmm. becoming the wave. Like at um, Baylor, they got Kim Mulkey. Um, at um, Notre Dame, they got uh, – what's her name? I can't think of her name. They got a women's coach at Notre Dame. Like that's slowly becoming the wave. And like mm-hmm. as coaches are leaving or retiring – like ads are replacing them with female female figures for right. recruiting advantages and things like that. So I mean, it's I think that's the way. I think that's the right thing to do too. Yeah. I mean, like you said, just to have someone to look up to because I think that's how it is in a male sport as well. Like, of course, they're your coach, but at the same time, when it comes to your Life. coach, like for me, like I have more than one coach, but like my position, my mic keeps going out. But my position coach. um, like, I actually looked up to him, like, for life advice. And yeah. if I ever needed anything, to, you know what I'm saying, I didn't really feel too comfortable talking to my parents about. I knew I could always hit my coach yeah, up. exactly. And he would be able to guide me in the right direction and things like that. So I think, you know what I'm saying, making those steps to hire more female coaches, that's, you know, steps in the right direction. Yeah. But, for sure. So I know, I know you didn't necessarily face this because you were aware that you know basketball isn't forever Mm -hmm. and so um you knew what routes you had to take in order to make your transition from college to where you're at now yeah but you know a lot of people fall in that you know that mental illness state being depressed that they've all their life they've been focused on this sport and now it's essentially being taken away from them kind of in you know, they kind of they find themselves lost and yeah. not knowing what to do, and they become depressed with themselves. And you know, injury could play a part in that. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you just it just you know couldn't be the right time or whatever the scenario may be. And so, yeah, um, like when you're when you're playing your sport since you're eight years old, right. so when you're 23, that's your identity. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's who <laughs> you are. Like we identify in our sports. So when we don't have our sports, it's like okay, well, dang, who? Who am I? What do I like? You know what I'm saying? I'm still figuring out what I like. People see me and they're like, or meet me. They're like, yeah, so what's your hobbies now that you don't play? I'm like, hobbies? What is a hobby? I mean, I like to eat. Like, work out. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. yeah. Stuff yeah. that revolves around that so, sport. So I think it's just that we identify with it so long. And then I think people go in that mental stage because, one, like people, I mean, there are people who love you when you're playing for you, but majority of the fans love you because – of your sports. Of so your when abilities. you're, That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> so when you finish playing, like 
Trust you losing me. Instagram followers. People not really, you know what I'm saying? People not really liking your pictures. Like people who normally like want to like talk to you and make conversation when you were playing, they looking past you now. You know ding, what I'm saying? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you like it's the nail different. On the head. It's different. No, I, like, I definitely know where you're coming from. I mean, I think I'm a little bit more fresh than you are since you you're two years removed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm just a year removed. So me still going around campus and things like that, it's still it's not the same, but at the same time, you know, they show me a little love. But I definitely, you know, it's it's definitely not the same. People don't, you know what I'm saying? You're so used to people being like, rah, 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 this, rah, 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 that about your name yeah. and all sorts of things. And then when that changes, like you said, when you've been playing, like you've been playing since you were eight. I've yeah. been playing football since four or five yeah. up until 22. So that's literally my identity and that's all I've ever known. No. So yep. when that's taken away, like you said, you're looking around like... Hmm. What am I gonna do? What do I like to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's it's yeah. for sure tough. And if you're not like rooted in like one, like obviously like for Christians, if you're not rooted in Christ and you can identify with Jesus, like it's like you're lost. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like what how do I identify? I don't have my sport. I can't identify with that. You know what I'm saying? So people really struggle. Like mentally is is hard on some people. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen it. I've I've definitely seen it be really tough on people and and the crazy thing is is people are having this problem that are still playing like just the whole mental state and you know just still trying to find their identity just because they identify with their specific sport you know what I'm saying that doesn't necessarily mean that they know who they are as a person or exactly know what they like yeah because they're still doing the same thing they've been doing their whole life but mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's at a different stage at a different level especially when you're at the highest level that's when you really struggle because i mean when you know you're up we, we both know when you're up you're up yeah, when but when you're, you're down, down <laughs> <laughs> but when you're down uh, when you're things down, are completely different yeah. and you know what i'm saying a lot of people don't really know what you're going through because they just expect you to go out there and perform yep but like when you're at the bottom, you know what I'm saying, you're still trying to go out there and perform. People don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. Like, if you're really struggling and, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people don't really care to find that out. I was about to say, they don't care. They don't really care. So that's when you people are really hurting the worst. Like, I know for me, like, I have people, certain people that I can go to, you know what I'm saying, when things weren't going so well for me. I know I had my parents and then close friends that I could talk to about stuff, but... Sometimes it's still hard because you you're still trying to keep up that wall and that barrier because as an athlete, you know, you have that, oh, I'm so tough, I'm so tough. Yeah, like I don't have any, you don't have spotlight. those, you know, emotions. Like those emotions are so hidden. Um, but yeah, yeah that's man, real. It's, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough out here for athletes and people yeah. a lot of people don't realize it. It's real. That that struggle can get real when yeah. when things aren't going so well. Because you got to think about it. Like technically, like we're a product. Like people mm-hmm. are paying to come see us. We are a product. Yeah, we're people, but we, like we're not gonna get into it today. <laughs> it's a <laughs> business. We are a product. We're we not gonna get into it today. A product. Yeah. That's exactly. And that's that, another 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 that's, for another time. For another day. That's for real. another day. I hope y'all touch on that one. That one's real. No, yeah, that's, but, that's crazy that you had said that about. Um, you know, when you're up, you're up. That's. That's real because um, when the Kaepernick situation happened, mm-hmm. um, or just any any controversial, situation. Cap took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. 
and now won't nobody pick them up. Right. Look, we we not gonna get it. I'm not gonna look. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I'm not gonna get into it today. But I just I'm not gonna get into it. Like any any situation like that, if you if if the public opinion is different than yours, you're automatically you're automatically shot down. No matter who you are. Oh. I I liked you when you just played football and didn't talk. I liked you when you just did this, this, and this. Well, you know, we're we're all human. Yeah. Just because my abilities are different from yours, yeah. you know, doesn't mean that I just shouldn't have a voice. Just because yep. you like the way I run into the end zone and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to speak on things that ultimately affect me. Yeah. You know, the Colin Kaepernick situation, we're all black, and so... Um, he was kneeling because he felt like there were a lot of racial injustices. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't I don't know who could be against that because it's it's happening all in our face. We see it every day on the media. So being that he's in support of that, people are saying, oh, he's disrespecting the country, disrespecting mm-hmm. the flag, all this nonsense to just feed their egos to make them feel like they were doing better than what he was doing yeah. by by not talking on it and just letting it happen, maybe letting it die down. But when you when you shine light and and touch those points where people are like, well, well, this is a touchy subject, you know, and I I I can have a voice in this, but you know, I I choose not to yeah. because you know it it doesn't affect me personally. Yeah, or it, they're just scared like of the repercussions, like you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah. They scared that they'll get cut, or they're scared that like um, they'll lose pay. The, but like even on the college level, like you know, there's certain things that we can't like yeah, post or say. I was just about to do. ask you, like, have you ever had to hold back from posting anything on social media? Oh or yeah, because saying you're anything not, because you're you, but like really, the school you you have to wear a mask. Yes, the school owns your identity, which is goes back to the um, fair pay. Like right. when you play for a school, like. In a sense, they own your identity. Like, whatever you do reflects on the school. So it's like you can't post things that normal people, like, don't think twice about posting. Like, if it's something racially conflicting going on, like, you can't just tweet Mm -hmm. about it or it's a whole ordeal. You know what I'm saying? Like, when the whole Kaepernick thing happened, like, ADs had to, like, sit and talk to their coaching staff and everybody had to be one on court. Like, what can our players do? What can't they do? How will our boosters react? How will the president, the school, how will the community look at us? You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're not your own person, which goes back to the fair pay. Like, I'm giving up identity. I'm giving up voice. I'm giving up time. I'm giving up sway. I'm giving up future. like opportunity. Yeah, but <laughs> I can't get paid. I can't get no money, but that's another topic for another time, right. like y'all said. You're selling my jersey for yeah. <laughs> my it's, name it's on so it. so much crazy stuff going on. I mean, I mean, we could it's literally sit here and talk for sure. all mm-hmm. day about so much stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't really take into account or really think about when it comes to athletes. Like yeah. They can and can't do. It's right. a lot of things out there that you have to put a mask on, you have to fake, you have to smile about, yeah. act like everything's okay, but really deep down inside, you're like, dang, I really want to say something, yeah. but what's going to happen if I say something? Exactly. Like, not only, you know what I'm saying, you're still trying to build your personal brand, but you're also trying to carry the brand of the school, and you're not trying to make the school look bad, you're not trying to make your Which personal is how brand it look be, bad. But yeah, I definitely agree, but I mean, I think there's sometimes where you want to reach out on a limb and, you know, do something that, you know might be kind of controversial and you know especially being a lot of us are african americans and there's a lot of injustices going on right now it's like i can't really speak about speak out and i think everyone just tries to use their platform now i think there are certain ways that you can use your platform in the wrong way but 
I also think there are certain ways you can use your platform in the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times athletes are trying their best to use their platform in the right way to, you know, make certain things, you know, come to light that, you know, you normally wouldn't hear from an athlete. But um, it's sometimes it's just a tough subject to touch on because, you know, I'm saying you have people out there that you care for, you know, people that care for you and you're not really trying to hurt anybody's feelings or make it seem like you're a certain way that you're really not. You're just trying to bring light to a situation that, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people don't really want to touch on or really want to talk about. Yeah, and then it goes back to what we said about, like, your time there. You're there for four years, and when you're there, you're a superstar. You're all world. Everybody loves you, and that's the time that you have your platform. So it's like, well, four years from now, I might not have this same platform to make the impact off of what I could say. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. it's just tough. It's tough. Yeah, I definitely agree. But, like, with that, it was because there is a lot of, positives and negatives in regards to social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you could use it as a positive way and use the platform, and it's it's definitely um, turned into another avenue of ultimately making money. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, once it's out there, whatever it may be, it could also diminish you, yeah. you know, depending on who sees it. And yeah, or what it is. Yeah, like you had that instance not too long ago when that mass shooting happened. You spoke out about it. Um, you weren't attacking, you know, anyone personally, so to say, but you were just saying that, you know, it's sad that these are things that we're going through and people are DMing you and messaging you saying, oh, I liked you better when, you know, you just what? ran the football. Yeah, it, I think sometimes it just kind of sucks. grew up with, what? like, from... I, th- I think it just sucks <laughs> sometimes when, you know what I'm saying, you're trying to... Like, right now, my platform is still... You know what I'm saying? I still sort of have a voice. Like I'm still like I'm like I said. I'm You're only still a, a little fresh. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, only yeah. a year rem- removed, so I feel like you know what I'm saying. I'm still trying to use my platform in a positive way. So I, yeah. you know, some like for me personally, my mom's always talked about my social media. Make sure you don't post this, don't post that. And now that I'm not, you know, under the NCAA or you know what I'm saying, technically under, under Georgia Tech, tech yeah. Um, I feel like I have a little bit more freedom now. I still do watch what I post because you know, yeah. Just have to. I'm still trying to protect my brand, but right. at the same time, there's some things out there that, you know, kind of irk me that I'm like, okay, I want to bring this to light. Let me, you know, not necessarily saying that every time I post something, am I trying to start an argument with you? Mm-hmm. But also sometimes I like to see what where other people are coming from because everyone has a different background, everyone's a different race, different experience. Exactly. So I sometimes I'm not posting stuff because I'm like, okay, I want to be hateful. And bring something up. I just want to start some stuff. Exactly. Let's pop it right. off. That's, that's not that's, why. That's what followers and stuff think for some reason. I want to bring things to light. And I also want to see what other people are thinking. Yeah. Because, of course, me and you, we we would go through something completely different. Um, yeah. Just like me and someone that follows me on social media. Like, we might have two different backgrounds, two different circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, I've talked to people on social media when it comes to controversial things. And they tell me their opinion. I tell them mine. We agree to disagree if that's the case. And then we just keep it pushing. Like, yeah. I learned some things about, you know what I'm saying, maybe something you've gone through or things that, you know what I'm saying, you see are happening. And then I share things from my point of view. Yeah. And now we're and meeting in the middle. understand why I feel this way. And now we're meeting in the middle and there's no more bumping heads. Like, yeah. you don't have to be mad because I'm posting about something. Yeah. Now you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, you know what I'm saying, that's a subject for another day, another like you day. said. But I, think I hope y'all running these topics down because they <laughs> all coming I just, up. I just, think there's, <laughs> I just think there's certain things that you want to, 
as an athlete, trying to use your, like LeBron James is literally the goat for everything he's trying to do and everything he stands for. Yeah. Like I, I respect what he's doing completely because he's not letting anyone from the outside sway the way he thinks or, you know, the things that you're doing. Like per, like Colin Kaepernick, he didn't let anyone from the outside, you know, change his mind on how he was going to go about things. Yeah. And you know what I'm he saying? Risked it off. Sure. Is is there a better way to do things? I think so, but. And at his time, he probably thought that was the best way to do things by, you know, kneeling during the national anthem. Now, what that stu- stood for, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people got that mixed up, which what caused a lot of controversial Which goes back to understanding. Not really. Yeah, so you really have to understand where people are com- coming yeah. from. But, um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to get off that, that topic because <laughs> I, can, so literally, I, I, can, all day. I <laughs> can literally sit here and talk about it all day. But. Yeah, for sure. This, y'all talk about some real stuff, though. Just oh, yeah. Real. I mean, you got to. If y'all listen and stay tuned for the <laughs> upcoming topics because they finna talk about some good stuff. Got you. No, that's that's definitely one of the reasons why why we wanted to start this. Um, just, just because we can kind of give people that come on, you know, a voice. That's why we kind of focused it around athletes, um, around the collegiate level at the moment. Um, so we can kind of give them a voice on why they feel the way they they feel within the, the industry of mm. sports and school and entertainment collectively as a whole. Cause yeah. there's, you know, not, not everybody is at the level of LeBron James where you can do that. That's, That's very true. Range. I was right. thinking that, yeah. but you was, you was going like, too far. I didn't want to take you too far. Right. Cause that <laughs> yeah. would have been a whole nother spin off. Right. Cause <laughs> what, like what he's doing is ultimately great. But you know, when you're LeBron James, you, you got the free range. Nobody can tell you yeah. anything, but like, that's just what we see. Um, like a rookie couldn't come out and do the same thing. Exactly. Not... Yes. He, he definitely couldn't. Yeah. So that's out. That's, that's great that LeBron is doing that. But like what, also things that we might not see, um, you know, he's still somewhat under Nike. You know, he he is Nike, but there is definitely some some top level hierarchy there that's you know kind of pulling don't need some Nike. type Nike of strings. Need him. That, he that's true. That, that's, Talk to me. That's yeah. very Say true. Say louder for the people in the back. That's very true, and I'm glad that Y'all he's taking Jay-Z advantage said. of that. Jay Z said, "I don't need the Super Bowl. They need me." <laughs> That's what Jay Z said. See, I'm I'm interested to see see what what Jay Z is going to bring um, to the table. I know him and Diddy were talking about, and Rick Ross were talking about trying to be NFL owners, and I would like mm. to see you know a black NFL that'll be owner. Interesting. That'll that'll be good. That's Being a game that, changer, right? You know, but it's gosh, I was watching this video the other day, and it reminded me when you had said you know that you're a product. It's yeah. all like the the business and all is so systematically structured to um, make you be a product. Like that's, I feel like ultimately that's what Antonio Brown, that was the message he was trying to convey, but he just did he it. He did it the wrong way. The wrong way. All the, the totally all the wrong way. And all these, the, you can't do it that way. way. Yeah. He, he should have shined light on, okay, why can't I do this? But Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, can blatantly come out and say that he's paying women to give him oral sex mm, before I the Super Bowl that. and hey. not get any repercussions. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Yeah, it's, that it's was all system. over social media. Ooh. I know how it. Yeah, and, and people were, you know, praising for like they, they like they do at Trump with the effort right in the oh, God. Yeah. Stay on the right lane yeah. now, yeah, big yeah, fella. Yeah. Big fella. <laughs> you swerving like, off. Stay on the stay on like, the right you know, lane. Like, now. But it's it's just crazy how you know some people 
can say and do things that depending on where that, you sit in the hierarchy, of right? The, uh, that others can't, but the ones that can't are the ones bringing the that hierarchy that revenue. Yeah. So it's just it's it's so twisted, but that's <laughs> yeah. that, that can go on for yeah. We can we can talk about hours. it all day. Yeah. Like that goes back to what uh, we talked about with the Fair Pay Act, like. Um, I'm in corporate America now and everybody, they all know that I played basketball and they love athletes and stuff. So my boss came over to me. He was like, what do you think about like the fair play act and Cali and all this stuff and how you think it's going to play out? And we talked about it some, and I was just saying like, well, ultimately like they probably won't be able to compete for a championship because it's an unfair advantage. So I think it's going to counteract itself and like schools are going to choose not to participate in the act and pay anybody because mm-hmm. if we can't compete for a championship, why are we playing? Right. You know what I'm saying? So then he was like, you know what they should do? And then I was like, yeah, it's kind of tricky too, because you know how nasty the world is and it'll be hard to regulate, but like they're onto the right thing. And he was like, you know what they should do? They should do a, um, a profit share. He was like, cause y'all are products. Like they're making so much money off of y'all. Like right. what do they make? 14 billion. The NCAA makes 14 billion of revenue a year. I think fact check that, but I think so. And he was like, they should do profit sharing. So, like, you know how corporate companies have profit sharing where the profits that the company makes, they put it into, like, a retirement or, like, a some type of separate account that you can't reach until you graduate. So, like, they put the profit sharing right. for the athletes, set up these accounts, put the profit sharing in those accounts, and then the players can't touch it. So that keeps from all, like, the dirty, nasty, gritty things going on while you're playing. But when you graduate, you're compensated for it. You have that, that money. That there. would actually be really smooth. That's like, what I said. I was like, man. I looked at I was like. I was going to say, that, if I graduated and I had had something like that to just to get, get me on my feet. and for get, a while, yeah. I would have been good to go. Yeah. But doesn't, what was that? I saw a lot of people posting on social media. Um, Jordan posted it. Um, it was, he took a picture of a check. And it said... Oh, the NCAA, yo. they did something. It was something about... What um, is that? It might have lapsed out for you. Yeah, it, you, it was something about the cost of attendance or something. Because, like, before I got to school, there wasn't, like, any cost of attendance, which is, like, yeah. extra money for you to buy food, clothes. To you to live. I mean, yeah, I got the check because I was job. here before you, so I got the check. So yeah, it was basically so. about the Shabazz Napier. You remember that? How... Mm-hmm. Basically, he was at um, UConn and how, like, they had videos of him and he was, like, eating, like, jelly sandwiches and stuff for dinner because, like, when he got out of practice, like, dining halls were closed and we didn't have, he didn't have money to, like, go and, like, just right. You don't have time stuff. to get a job or anything. Yeah, to make money. So that's when they started putting in the effect, the cost of attendance checks and it that we get. literally got in as soon as I got to college. Yeah. So I was, like, I just got the, mine front runner, day. the front runner of it. So yeah. I didn't really. So that's a little bit different. I think now, like, in terms of, you know, like the cost of attendance check like that was a well you weren't there before that was a game changer so that's why I think now they're doing the right things but now it's still the issue of we're products and you're making all this money off of us but we don't see any of it right you know what I'm saying like we see bits and pieces of it but like ultimately like really we're being exploited you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so the cost of attendance check solved the issue of like okay we don't have money to buy toilet paper okay now we got money to buy toilet paper buy meals but like we're still a product being exploited like where is our compensation right and still not that's where i think the profit share thing comes into play oh, yeah. it'll be really that's, good that's definitely a great idea NCA, if y'all listening that. um <clears throat> <laughs> we are marketing this idea <laughs> <laughs> if y'all take it we would like our compensation yes. as well we would like our credit <laughs> <laughs> no but um i we 
definitely appreciate you for coming on, yeah, taking the time, and this is fun. just giving your views and your different perceptions on things within the world of sports. So. Yeah. yeah, I hope y'all touch on them topics. I'll be listening. We definitely will. Real, we might have to bring thing. you back on for yeah, it. We, we yeah, we definitely appreciate you you coming on and giving us some insight on some things that I personally didn't know, and I know some of our viewers definitely won't know as well, mm-hmm. but uh, we definitely appreciate